my name is Georgiana. I am CEO and founder of Beagle Cat, and soon you will be listening to Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. In this podcast, I regularly talk to employer branding managers, talent acquisition managers, and human resources managers in tech companies in Germany, Romania, and the US. For more content on employer branding related themes, go to employerbranding.tech or beaglecat.com. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, good morning. This is Georgiana with a new episode of Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast. My guest today is Artyom Chalbaev. Artyom, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yeah, he, <laughs> welcome, sorry. He is the co-founder of Vitamin and I will let him introduce himself in just a little bit. Yeah, hi everybody. Thanks Georgiana for having me. Um, my name is Artyom, as you correctly pronounced, thank you. Um, I am indeed the co-founder and COO of a company called Vitamin. Um, yeah, happy to be here. It's, uh, it's super interesting what vitamin does. So before you tell us that, please tell me a little bit about your, your background. I know you also have a female co-founder in the company. Correct. Yeah, sure. Um, so originally I'm from Eastern Europe, um, from Latvia, born and raised, uh, Russian heritage, but quite an international background, uh, lived in mm -hmm. Russia for a few years as well, quite a few years in the U S quite a few years in Germany now and uh, have been calling Berlin my home for the last eight years. Quite excited about that. Nice. Um, I've been in uh, various kinds of technology companies for a decade already, um, from really small ones up to publicly listed tech companies and everything in between. Um, love the power that technology holds and, and the, the impact that software can, can bring to the world. Um, and um, yeah, that's also how uh, we got started around vitamin and started thinking about what is it that um, women, unfortunately, still to this day struggle with when it comes to finances and how can we apply technology and software to actually solve this at, at scale? Got it. So your company is connected to female finance, Correct. right? Correct. What is female finance exactly? Yeah. And what is what isn't yeah. female finance? Yeah, sure. Um, female finance is, of course, a quite broad term, right? Um, what we think about when we talk about female finance is really understanding the kinds of challenges that women face when it comes to financial products and, and financial institutions. Um, it's uh, quite crazy that until the 60s and 70s, for example, right, women couldn't actually open bank accounts, they couldn't sign contracts. So this idea of, in a way, financial independence and, of course, female empowerment is, in the grand scheme of things, still quite fresh. And, I think we're, we are making good progress or as good of a progress as, as we can, but there's still a lot to be, to be done. Um, and so at Vitamin, what we focus on is how do we make finance more accessible for, for women? And how do we take the fact that right now, today, for example, financial institutions spend 13 times less on reaching women than they do men. Um, and if we look at a lot of the financial products that, um, all of us might know, especially those living in Berlin, the names will remain uh, unnamed. Only 10 to 20% of the user base are actually women, right? So clearly there is there is an issue that, um, that we have with creating access for women to the kinds of financial products that actually exist there um, today. And so at Vitamin, we really focus on understanding what are those challenges and how can we solve them um, in the best possible way to really create a financial product that works for women. 
Exactly. So practically, you stated a little bit the um, unique value proposition for this company. But am I correct in saying that what Vitamin aims to do is to close the wealth gap for women? Is that that is that is correct. That is so our Very vision. Good. Exactly. Um, our vision is to, as we say, power strong financial futures for all women. And practically, what this means is, um, as you correctly pointed out, there is quite a big wealth gap between men and women. It's uh, about 30%. So globally, on average, men own about 60% of wealth, women own about 40, even though, of course, there's a roughly 50-50 population split um, in the demographic, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so we have this bold view of the world in, in that by the work that we're doing and others are doing, of course, we're not alone in this, um, but we will be able to close the the wealth gap, um, as we say, and we feel quite passionate about it because, for example, yeah. female empowerment is the UN Sustainability Development Goal number five, right? And I think we cannot talk about female empowerment without talking about financial independence and financial confidence. And so mm -hmm. for us, this is a big, big mission to, to help women take that next step um, into their financial lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think everything you're saying is a little bit also consistent with the payment gap and we, with all the other diversity <laughs> differences that we all experience Absolutely. and know on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis. <clears throat> Sorry. And that basically takes me to the next question, with, which ta uh, touches on the diversity and inclusion topic. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, I, I've seen it much more um, vocal, if you'd like, or I've seen it much more emphasized recently, this topic of mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion. Do mm -hmm. you feel that it has changed compared to two or three years ago in Berlin or worldwide? Yeah. What's your take on this? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, um, I've been in technology for almost a decade, right, between San Francisco and Berlin, and a lot of things have definitely changed. Um, it's also quite uh, interesting and an area I'm quite passionate about because actually when it comes to all people topics at Vitamin, it's actually my responsibility. So we're a quite small team. Um, and so as a co-founder, of course, I get to do a lot of different jobs. And one of those jobs is actually being part recruiter, part HR professional. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I, of all people, spend a lot of time thinking about this. And I definitely think it's changed. Um, you know, I, I can think of even from my experience at a company I worked at five to seven years ago, at some point we were, you know, 35 men and maybe two or three women, which was quite crazy. And of course, at some point we said, look, we need to do something about this. Otherwise, we're going to be a company full of dudes. Um, and so we did. But it was much later than, you know, that trigger point came much later than I think it should have. And of course, fast forward to 2020, 2022, um, <laughs> this is a topic that's that's much more present in, in people's minds. Of course, you and others talking about it and helping companies realize the, the opportunity and the impact this can have is, is a great thing. Exactly. And it's it's very, very much connected to, to employer branding, if only more founders and more HR managers understood it. Yeah. How do you approach it concretely? And that's the last question I'm asking on the topic. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of different ways, to be honest with you. As I said, for me, this is something that was quite important from from day one, even before mm -hmm. there was an official company. Um, when my co-founder and I met, it was part of a process where we were kind of looking 
uh, first individually to to build this company with others. And you know, for me as a as particularly as a guy in this space, right, it was clear that this company will not succeed with three three white men running it, right? So from day one, it was clear that we need to have a diverse team. And I'm very lucky to um, to have a very strong female counterpart and a, and a female co-founder. And so that was kind of an active choice on both of our parts from day one, right? Mm -hmm. And if we look at our personal backgrounds, we are, of course, a male and female co-founder duo. Um, we're both immigrant founders, but from two very different parts of the world, me from Eastern Europe, Andrea from, from Latin America, um, mm -hmm. different, you know, backgrounds, professionally speaking, different sort of times that we grew up in, etc. So this idea of diversity, I think, for us has been built in from day one, and we've just extended it from, from there, right? Um, uh, not in the least because, of course, with, with a company like ours and a vision, vision like ours, it of course helps to attract for example more women that's of course just one aspect of diversity right but more women i believe are attracted to to what we do and so it just kind of naturally evolved um from who we are as a founding team and then paying attention to what's going on in the world right so for example we are a remote friendly company maybe not remote first but a remote friendly company so of course over the last two years we've taken advantage of that opportunity and have spoken to a lot of candidates from the African continent, right? Uh, Asia Pacific, um, et cetera. And I think specifically in the last two years, as remote work has become more prevalent, it actually helps to find more diverse candidates um, as well. Um, we also, you know, thinking about the actual recruiting process, if we um, look at it in, in, uh, much detail we know there is research that that shows women for example feel less confident applying for jobs that they feel they don't match all of the all of the criteria right and so we actually did two things in our job descriptions from day one even when it was just andrea and i as the two people working on this we said let's do two things let's first of all include a diversity and inclusion statement which in short says we hire humans and that doesn't mean that we're you know blind to differences it actually means that we acknowledge and appreciate the differences that people have and actively try to construct our team in a way there where there are these different perspectives but we also have a statement of our job description that um we call is the no par no perfect candidate statement where it basically says look there's no such thing as a perfect candidate right and a resume is anyway just a very tiny part of who you are as a person so if you feel like this is something that's interesting to you but you feel maybe you're not quite there or you know you have some reservations shoot us a note right let's talk we'd rather have a conversation and learn more about you and then go from there and figure out you know what actually maybe you're the right candidate maybe there are certain skills missing but we can help you pick up those skills right so that's how we deal with diversity and, and inclusion at, at Vitamin, um, sort of from who we are as founders, right, ingraining it into the DNA of our company and then taking it into some very specific daily actions when we talk about recruitment, for example, or team engagement. Well, actually, your, your company seems to be a very nice uh, 
one from the outside it seems to have created Thanks. and have fostered this very warm culture in each every, in which every person is appreciated and and that's consistent to with what you were saying that you actually employ humans and so diversity and inclusion doesn't only refer to women and that's Correct. really really encouraging and and nice to to hear but i'm i'm still curious does the fact that you have a female co-founder and the entire business business model does it attract more women have you discovered i would say so yes um i'm not sure that it's specifically that we have a key female co-founder that that makes it that big of a difference um mm -hmm. i think what really helps us is as we said kind of the general mission orientation of the company as we talked about um in the mm -hmm. very beginning right this is a a very big um, purpose that we have and i think from my experience um, again over the last decade or so i do believe that more people are interested in doing something that actually also does some good in the world whether that's from a marketing point of view from an engineering point of view i think we are coming into a generation of teammates and, and team members who are just more keen to understand how is their work positively impacting the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so overall, um, this, of course, helps us to um, to attract those kinds of yeah. people. Right. And then more specifically with our product and with our vision, of course, I think it's more interesting for women because um, there, there is just that much more direct connection. I've been, you know, in a number of interviews where people and candidates have said, "Hey, this is great. I wanted to speak because I feel like this is actually a problem that I have, right? Like I can relate to the customer group. I understand the needs of a customer group, and that's why I wanted to to have a chat. So I certainly think it helps a lot to have um, that orientation towards a female." product um, in that it generates more interest from candidates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you were to um, to think retrospectively, so to say, about any differences between what keeps women and men engaged, are there any without, you know, going into stereotypes or, I don't know, uh, gender gender issues that can be a yeah. bit cliche? Yeah, exactly. Because you have a small company and when you have a, a smaller company, it's easier for the founders to maybe observe the dynamic, to observe what keeps some of the groups engaged as, as opposed to others. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting question. I think, as you uh, said, there is a, a danger and a risk of sort of going yeah. too much into mm -hmm. cliches, of course. And I think all of us who, who deal with people in some capacity, it's also our responsibility to be aware of that. Um, and, and understand what are the different trade-offs. Um, that said, we are a small company and we, um, so 15 months ago, it was just Andrea and I, um, the two of us, and oh. now we're, we're a little bit bigger. We're um, a team of about 20 people or so. And so um, we also haven't had so much time, to be honest with you, to observe sort of how is the engagement different per se, but in alignment with what we just talked about around how we build this company, um, 
you know, the focus on diversity, on, on hiring humans, et cetera, we rather take a, a view on how can we make this company work for people in, in the future and make sure that when they're here, they're happy, productive, and have everything they need to do their best work. And some of the things we've done there is, um, for example, our benefits budget is in a way set up quite flexibly because we didn't want to determine, you know, of course we, we could go down the cliches and say, well, all of our guys go to sports and all of our female colleagues go to, I don't know, something else. Um, that's definitely not the case for us. But what we did mm -hmm. say is, look, we have a benefits budget of an X amount every single year. Let's not give too much direction on how, what kind of things you can do with it. Rather, let's have a couple of options. Um, and maybe that's sports, maybe that's work from home. Uh, we have a very big learning and development aspect to it as well. Uh, of course, you know, the basics, public transportation, et cetera. And then every person can actually kind of combine their own benefits package and trade off certain components and say, look, if I'm taking a part of my benefits budget towards um, work from home kind of equipment or whatever, then that simply means that my learning and development budget gets a little bit less, right? And people can kind of construct their own packages, so to speak, um, which we do get good feedback on that that works for, for the team. Um, and for me personally, a topic that I feel very passionate about is employee participation um, in the form of um, VSOP, Virtual Share uh, Option Program. And um, this was something that my co-founder and I cared about a lot from, from day one, making sure that the entire team gets to participate in the success of, the, of our company and their company um, in that sense. And so I think rather in the minority of German startups, at least, we do give these up to all full-time employees um, in different levels, of course, uh, but we believe that's important. Also, of course, very aligned to the idea of closing the wealth gap, right? Because we need to make sure that as our company grows and we're able to build a successful business, that the people who contribute to success of that uh, are able to participate in it, regardless of what level they're in or, of course, gender or any other criteria mm -hmm. that, that might be there. Um, and something that I actually found very interesting is we already in our initial proposal on our visa program, um, we had an idea of how to push the, the topic further in terms of um, what happens to employee participation during parental breaks, because oftentimes from my experience and, and talking to many friends, Usually when uh, people go on parental breaks, um, the vesting of the employee participation stops because the idea is, well, you're not working. So why would you be able to participate in the continued success of a company? Um, we said that doesn't work for us. Let's push that a little bit further. And um, frankly, I forget exactly what we had said, but I think we said up to a certain number of months, you still continue vesting. Um, but then it, it stops. And when we actually presented this proposal to the team, we made sure to involve them in the design of it. Um, people said, and interestingly enough, not just women, but also our, our male colleagues said, you know what, this proposal doesn't actually make sense um, because why would it, um, oh, I remember now what, what we did. We said for up to a certain given um, amount of 
months, you're resting kind of slows to 50% of what it was before when you were working full time. And both our male and our female colleagues said, well, this doesn't make sense because if you've already made a contribution to the success of this company, then why wouldn't it just continue vesting? And so we interestingly got uh, a little bit of pushback and a little bit of conversation from our team on this topic. Um, and then Andrea and I took that with us and um, you know gave it some thought and then decided, you know what, it's a very good point. Why don't we actually do it differently and, and more aligned to how the team thinks about it? So that's how we're thinking about engagement um, to make sure that we account for kind of different needs of different people without necessarily specifying what those needs are. Um, and as I just said, strongly feeling that VSOP and participating in the success of the company is a, is a big long-term component of that engagement. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, you guys have the purpose. You have managed to build a culture so successfully and in, in such a warm way that I think really attracts people. Um, and in you, the two of you seem to be very, very genuine human beings. And I think the challenge is going to be to maintain all this while you scale. Yes, that's going to be uh, it's going to be something to look back at in yep. a few years, probably. Um, we're approaching the end and I have one last question for you. Are there any values for your company that maybe you share and that you feel are that, that you feel strongly about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, well, I think every company is an extension of the founding team for, for better or for worse. So, of course, there are a lot of values that um, I think this company holds that that are important to to the two of us as a co-founding team. We are, in fact, uh, in the process of defining and, and um, kind of shaping those values. So I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what what they are um, just yet. Um, but some of the things we just talked about, right, I think should shouldn't be as a surprise. The fact that we are hiring humans, right? I think this genuine culture that you mentioned is very important. My personal belief is that the order of priorities in building a company is people, product, and, and profit, and that with great people, you can achieve a lot, uh, even when times are a little bit more challenging and with a team that maybe isn't as happy and isn't as satisfied, you won't really quite get there. Um, so this orientation towards people, towards culture, um, towards... Um, equality, right, and, and how we deal with VSOP, for example, whether you're on the parental break or not, um, is something that is, is quite important. Um, interestingly enough, um, and I think alluding to your question around how do we keep this when we scale as well, um, we actually use something. So when Andrea and I, my co-founder and I met, um, we went through 60 questions, kind of we called it our values questionnaire, to really understand how will we work together and do we even want to work um, together. And we found that exercise to be so helpful. I think we spent a day and a half really going in detail through how have we dealt with conflicts? What is success? What kind of people do we like working with? What kind of people do we not like working with? You know, a, really a long list of questions, um, which was a very powerful tool for us. We liked it so much that we actually um, downsized it to 18 questions that now every person who joins the team answers as part of the interview process. Um, mm -hmm. And we do 
hear feedback that it's a little bit of an unorthodox step in the hiring process, but people do enjoy it because they really feel like, well, we are trying to get to know them, but also the way we do it is we actually share our answers, the two founders. So both of the founders join the interview um, and the hiring manager as well. And we actually share all of our answers to the same questions that the candidate is, um, is answering to. So we try and have a very kind of open two-way conversation on this. And we also get feedback that people really appreciate that they get a chance to get to know us as a team. Um, yeah. And so as I think about values, as I think about scaling those values, I think some of those things is, is really important to, to have them be part of the recruiting process. Um, whether we keep it as this exact values questionnaire or not, I don't know yet. Uh, we'll figure this out. But I think this orientation towards values and living up to them is something that's that's really key to building a successful team for the long term. Did you come up with the with the questions yourself? Uh, or did you have from the outside? Partly. Um, I must give credit to a venture capital firm called um, First Round Capital in the US who do really an incredible job at creating helpful resources and content for, for a founder. So we used their questionnaire as the base, uh, but we've also, through our own experiences and through our own conversations, added several others as well. So it was a bit of a mix and, mix and match. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that can be definitely a powerful tool. Uh, cool. This has been so nice talking to you. Thank you. And yep. uh, good luck growing the company further. Yeah, absolutely. Jordana, thanks a lot. Um, happy to, to share any kind of insights around how we're thinking about building vitamin and how we're trying to close the, the wealth gap for, for women. Um, so happy to chat again if you ever, if you ever want to.